Hello everyone, welcome to the Filthy Lip Out. Feels good to say that after a little break. We've been away, we've been busy, but we're back. It's Ryder Cup week, obviously. Uh, we couldn't let this one slide by without jumping on here and recording. You've got Johnny Morgan and myself, Kit Alexander. Uh, great to be back. John, how are you? Buddy, I'm all right. It's nice to be uh, up and running with the field again, like you were saying. Okay, we've had a busy run of it, uh, but we can't, we can't let let the Ryder Cup slip. I mean, to me, this is like the ultimate uh, golf tournament. You know, this is what it all comes down to. I love match play. We've been busy. I know we have. We've, we've got some stories to tell, you know, of the past couple of weeks on the European Tour. Both of us working. You've been out working the uh, Rose Ladies and the Euro Pro and doing everything. And oh, my goodness, man, it's mental, isn't it? It's mental. It is, though. We've got to apologise that this is the first one in a little while. But as you say, things uh, kicked off a little bit over the summer, didn't they? I mean, yeah, I've had Euro Pro Tour, which we both do, Rose Ladies as well, and, and European Tour. So I've been getting involved on their lead comms in the Czech Republic, doing some European Tour betcast in play shenanigans at Wentworth and the Scottish Open. Um, we did marquee groups together at the Open, which was just unbelievable. I mean, that was a cool moment. Uh, moment for us. John, it seems like you've been on tour basically every week on the European tour for about the last four months. Is that about right? Yeah, I feel like I've got my car back. It feels <laughs> like I've been to Q school and got my car back and I've just been on the road and I'm absolutely shattered, which really and honestly, I'm never really that shattered because as you know, I'm I'm quite a jive, uh, jive bunny when it comes to you know, just being, you know, in the zone and loving the moment, being a part of it all. And it's it's, it's been brilliant. I, I must admit, I've seen some amazing wins. I was I was absolutely over the moon to see Nikolai Hoygaard join his brother in the winner's circle over in Italy. I thought that was a great, great vibe, great for Europe. Um, when, I, when we're talking about Ryder Cup, you know, there's a possibility of seeing two brothers you know, again, like the Molinari's playing a Ryder Cup, that's potential down the line. Um, I like that vibe. Um, I like that potential. That That's always in the possibilities. And, you know, just other wins as well. I mean, emotional win last week for Broberg, you know. Um, I was able to be a part of it again. Um, absolutely loved it. Wentworth was amazing to see the, the Hammer fan, uh, you know, uh, our main man, Billy Horschel, come through with his... Uh, Declan Rice and Noble, you know, they're at his side uh, supporting him and great caddy on the bag um, as well um, in Fooch. And yeah, great team, great team all round, great vibes, great winner. Um, and the team got picked and, uh, you know, it's Ryder Cup week. I can't, I can't wait. I mean, honestly, I'm just watching it now. I've actually got the box. So I'm watching, you've had uh, Thomas, uh, Justin Thomas on and they've got Jordan Speeder asking a couple of questions and, I'm just looking at it as well, and they're just going to have a few more of the players come on, but Whistling Straits looks amazing. I can't wait for Friday. Friday can't come quick enough. I mean, I'm just impatient now because I'm seeing it. It's just like, come on, I want the first match. I want the crowd there. I want all those, you know, everyone clapping in unison and cheering like crazy when they hit the first tee shot and see the, you know, knees jangle and, the, you know, the wrist shake. And, you know, hopefully we don't see a... Um, uh, Webb Simpson again, top, uh, Sky's all tops it, whatever he'd done. Uh, but I mean, I'd imagine we'll see something like that. Uh, we've had the pleasure, me and you, as well, being able to be alongside uh, in the last couple of weeks, Sam Torrance, who's, who's, oh. who came on our podcast. And people should tune into that because it's a brilliant insight. But they're telling us so many lovely stories about the Ryder Cup. And he's the legend of all legends when it comes to Ryder Cup, captain, winning, winning putt, you name it, he's done it. He's 
been in many teams and told us so many amazing stories. And I think this is going to be a great story again when we when it kicks off on Friday. You know, it's the beginning of another an amazing Ryder Cup starting at Whistling Straits. And yeah, mate, what are you thinking, buddy? Because I, I got my vibe, but what's your vibe? Um, I'm always absolutely buzzing. I was on CNN about a couple of hours ago, uh, so like getting shown out in the States talking about it there. And uh, yeah, the moment you just start talking and thinking about the Ryder Cup, you just smile and the emotions come out, all the memories. You you can't not be hyped for this week. It is the greatest week in golf. We've had to wait an extra year than normal anyway with everything that's gone on. So the build-up, the hype, the anticipation for it is ridiculous. Um, I'm trying not to Were be... you winding soon, up but I'm not failing. Were you winding Sorry? Were you, were you winding up the Americans on CNN? Were you, were well, you, well uh, I was, was on with... So it was Amanda uh, Davis who was presenting, who we she, we've had a, a present on one or two Euro Pro Tour Grand Final. I think she did the Tour Champs a few years ago. That's how I met her. That's right. Um, yeah. So she was British. As, she's British as well. I'm British. So I'm sort of giving the, the European vibes to it, even though knowing that a lot of people watching on CNN are going to be uh, American. <laughs> we were definitely... We were, we were flying the European flag, Amanda and I. Um, I'm buzzing for him. I mean, you mentioned Sam there, Sam Torrance, who we, you know, had the absolute privilege of spending a bit of time with this summer at the Open Championship and, and down at Wentworth, um, hearing his stories. Thomas Bjorn, we've had as a guest as well, of course, the captain last time in Paris. Um, have a listen to that for some great insights about the last Ryder Cup to, to Sam Torrance's episode about all Ryder Cups, basically. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm really excited for it. Um, what, so let's start on, let's get into some specifics. Okay, John. So before it all starts, the picks, there was plenty of, we were down at Wentworth that last week. There was so much, oh, if this happens, he's in. If that happens, he's in. He drops out. He's going to get the pick. But what if he gets it? Who, You know, and as it turned out, obviously, Lowry needed the pick. He was always going to get one. Garcia and Poulter had pretty much been told three weeks in advance if not a little bit more, they were definitely going to get the picks. And that really left Justin Rose, I guess, as the man on the outside looking in. Henrik Stenson gave it a good run as well, but obviously he'll be there as vice-captain. Alex Noren showing a bit of form, but probably needed to win at Wentworth. Where do you stand on those picks, John, with uh, with Rosie just missing out and the other three guys? Yeah, well, I think I think Rosie would have got in if uh, Bernd Wiesberger had just missed out. I really do believe that. I think. Uh, I think, unfortunately for Bernie, he'd have lost his spot. Um, but I'm glad for Bernie because, you know, I've known the guy since Challenge Tour days. He comes from Austria. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a great player. He's he is a very, very determined. He ain't gonna take no messing. He, I mean, he's tough as they come. Yeah, this will test his his bottle definitely. I think you know the Ryder Cup is like no other, and you know you hear that from all the past captains and players. It's a different. It's a different pressure completely. Um, he's going to have to go through that and fill that vibe on that first tee when we're all chanting for America. And but I think he, the way he is, uh, you know, he's got Lee on a bag. He's, he's a good lad. Uh, you'll steady him really well. And yeah, I'm pleased. I like our team. I really do. I think it's full of experience and a couple of rookies. Where you know, when you look at America, you see so many rookies and just a couple with experience. Um, you know, captains, you know, brilliant, Harrington and Stricker. But, 
also, you know, the vice captains, I mean, if you look at the American team, I mean, you know, vice captains, they got so much experience. I mean, they're all pretty much in their 50s, apart from Zach Johnson. Um, you know, everyone in, you know, the European vice captains, you know, they're all still relevant, still playing. You know, you've got any, the only one that's playing the seniors at the moment is Robert Carlson. He's doing well. He looks like he's bloody 40 years old, the lucky bugger. He's been blessed <laughs> with the, you know, the good looking stick. But, um, you know, it's... Um, it's good. It really is good, man. I mean, it's set up for a cracking, a cracking week. I, when it comes to picks and stuff like that, I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad we only had three to compare to America's six. I mean, it would have been a hard thing. I mean, I think Steve Stricker's done a good job. He's obviously had to leave out the one and only what they call who they call Captain America, Patrick Reed. Um, you know, he is definitely the self-proclaimed yeah, Captain America. <laughs> And I think the reason he was able to do it, I mean, many reasons he's not been well, probably feels a million bucks right now. And absolutely, he's not able to be there. Um, you know, I just think, uh, I'm just seeing Bryson DeChambeau coming up now to have a little chat, but I'm not going to watch that. I'm going to save myself for that. But I'm sure that's going to be amusing. I uh, wonder how his hands are because he's been training to it at 400 odd miles an hour. Uh, 400 yards, I should say, not 400 miles an hour. But not they don't look that bad. I um, saw a picture of him on social media earlier today. He said, oh, he'd wrecked them. He's just exaggerating, like always. Of course he's exaggerating. Like, calluses, blisters. But just the same as what any pro golfer has. You know, they're, they're nothing compared to what Alex Noren's hands were, if you remember seeing that picture a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Drama queen. Drama queen. But it's... Um, but well, I was going to ask you, though, I mean, we, you know, this is for us, our public that are listening into this. I mean, tell us if you're listening before uh, before we hit that tee shot on Friday, who you think your picks are going to be. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm all kerfuffled, honestly. I just see really good players. I don't know if to go for a bit of flair with a, a really solid number. You know, I, I look at America and I see just one kind of flairish kind of player that can turn turn on its head and that's like Jordan Spieth you know when I look at Europe I see a couple of flair players like your Fitzpatrick's who's great at ball flight um you know Sergio Lari you know you can keep going it there's quite a few in our setup still you know where it comes to America it's very kind of they're just very good all round like very good iron players drivers you know solid putters you know chippers all that but uh, no one's got that kind of extra pizzazz but I just with regarding all these bunkers that Whistling Straits has, all these waste bunkers and out of position, possibly some of them are going to be, I think we're going to need to see a little bit of flair. I'm hoping that our boys, um, you know, well, Sergio and Shane, we know they've got it in abundance. So um, uh, it's going to be brilliant. You know, we've got the power of John Ram and, you know, the mighty Rory who just absolutely loves it. And, well, you can't leave out Mr. Postman, can you? Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Um, you can't. But yeah, I, mean, I, I just think it's interesting though, Sorry. John. I was going to say because you mentioned there, like, just as you're saying about the flair and the creativity of the Europeans and that the sort of Americans more all rounders, you know, the narrative is always that the Americans hit the ball further. Yeah. Slightly uh, on average, but actually probably not as much longer on paper that this team of Americans than some people might think over the list of Europeans. And you know what, with the Ryder Cup, how often does it boil down to its match play? Holding big putts or a chip in at the right time? You know, power's one thing, but we've seen with the likes of Luke Donald and Zach Johnson and Graham McDowell through the years, who've been really good in Ryder Cups um, and great players, obviously, in their own right anyway. 
But that grittiness, that staying mm. in a hole, that holding a big putt at the right time or chipping in out of nowhere, which all three of them have done on occasion, it feels like there's, mm. you know, you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, the Americans are going to overpower the course. They're going to overpower the European team. I, I'm just, I'm not buying that narrative. Okay, Whistling Straits is a big course, but it plays pretty firm and fast. And you need to get the ball in the hole at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, a lot of the players say that it's playing a Ryder Cup match is like playing a final round in contention. Every it's, it's, only, it's only 18 holes, Kit. It's only 18 holes where, you know, normally they're playing 72 holes, you know. So it's 18 holes at a time for a result. Um, and I think this is where we're completely different, you know, to the Americans. And this is what, you know, they're very much used to playing that 72 holes and it's all their their own ball and stuff like that. Stroke why, you know, you might look at some of the best that's ever played in the Ryder Cup, like your Tigers and Mickelson probably don't hold the as good a records as you probably might think they should have. Um, but, you know, and then you've got, you've got someone like Poulter, who's, you know, and Sergio, um, you know, with one major between them compared to the majors that Tiger and Phil hold, you know. That's, but it's different, isn't are, it, John? That's the po- It's not 72-hole stroke play. That's the point. That's the world rankings holes, are based on 72-hole stroke play. The qualifications exactly. are based on 72-hole stroke play. This is not 72-hole stroke play. And that's what I find really interesting. I was with uh, Billy Foster, Fitzy's Matt Fitzpatrick's caddy last week, and obviously Westwood's long-time caddy, Seve's former caddy in Ryder Cups. Um, and he was like, if it was a 72-hole stroke play tournament, the Americans would probably win pretty comfortably. But 18-hole mm-hmm. match play, team event, totally different. And, you know, people will look at it and say, yeah, it's still golf. But when the margins are as fine as they usually are, even that little difference can be a big difference. I know, John, you were absolutely phenomenal as a match player in your amateur days. Um, You know, you were gritted teeth, didn't want to lose for anything, and you had a fantastic record. Obviously, you went on to play on tour as well, which is, of course, 72-hole stroke play based. From a player's perspective and all your experiences of that, just how different are those two formats and how does that lend itself to different styles of player and, and what do you need more in 18 hole match play that maybe you don't in 72 hole stroke play or vice versa? Well, I think, I think um, I, I lend myself to being a part of a team. I love team atmosphere and I think I excel me personally as a team you know, not fighting for myself, but fighting for someone else. Like I'm well in winning to put my, it's like, it's like Porter says, you know, I'm going to guarantee a point, you know, when he said it to Tim Barter, I mean, my goodness, I mean, <laughs> kind of that line is massive, but brilliant and lovely and passionate, great. Everything I would, you know, if I, if I, if I was able to be a Ryder Cup player, I'd see myself as a bit of a Polter kind of guy in the sense of, I would just lay it all out there and, you know, tough shit, you know, suck it up. If you don't like what you're hearing, it's how I'm feeling because I'm so passionate for it where, you know, when you're out on the road and you're playing week in, week out uh, on tour, you know, 72 holes, you know, you've only got yourself to blame and you've got no one else to pick up, but, but yourself and maybe your caddy can say some words to you. But the nice thing is about a Ryder Cup or having a team around you, you've got an absolute boatload to actually get you out of your funk, send you over to the driving range, they'll all get around you, they'll all put their arm around you, it'll be all right, you know, they can snap you out of it. Um, 
I think that's the glory of Ryder Cup. I think that's the glory of what we've seen in, in Europe over the God knows how many years since I watched my first one in 87 and got absolutely the bug um, when we won at um, Muirfield Village and all he did is dance across the green and mm-hmm. you had um, the lovely late um, Gordon Brown Juniors from this neck of the woods played. Uh, you know, and Seve was just magnificent. You know, and I think when I when I come back and I see I see the foursomes and the four balls as well, I just see where Europe really excels. They seriously excel in foursomes without question. But look how many team team stuff we play as amateurs coming up through, like I did playing for Somerset and you know club level, and then you know played one match for England before I got dropped and kicked out. Uh, but yeah, I'm not bitter, honest. Um, but what was it? No, I'm only joking. Uh, but no, it's it's a case of like, yeah, it's just one of those. It, I just think it lends itself to just great camaraderie, and you just never got a chance of getting yourself down in the dumps because you have got a big team around you, and you fight for your team more than you kind of actually do for yourself. You fight for yourself, but the main heart. The heart is a lot bigger, you know, it's the whole body um, and the fans. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're doing it for your fans. I mean, it's going to be brilliant over there. It's going to be more red than there is blue, without question about it. You know, we're on their turf. Uh, no but, European you know, fans, got... they can't travel. So it's only Europeans well, that live in America or happen to live in America and support staff there. Well, so. Well, it just so happens Biden's just about to lift that uh, lift that up in the about a week after the tournament's finished. Well, no, no, but I think they've announced it, and then it lifts in November. I mean, you know, there's there's conspiracy theories saying it's all based around helping America retain the Ryder Cup, and I'm not going to disagree with that. I can exactly. okay. It's all good, but I, I tell you what, I think I'm really intrigued. Uh, one thing I'm really intrigued with with Europe is uh, the young and the Norwegian Victor Hovland. Yeah. You know, there's a man. There's a man that's played a very individual game for a long time, you know, and uh, he's coming into a group of people, you know, that been used to playing a lot of team golf. Um, Bruno Wiesberg, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot from him and he's been individual, but I think he's been itching to get into this wider cup team. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see these two perform um, in different circumstances. I think you can have... You know, you've got some great people in our team. Uh, really going to just, I think, when they get in the dressing room and the banter and the thing, I was speaking with Graham McDowell on the golf course and um, last week, and he said, you know, the text messages have already started the group chats. He said the banter's off the charts. He said it's all kicking off. He Mate, said it's a, a great group favorite. I want to be involved in. Well, how um, do we get in that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, he said it's, it's phenomenal. But he said the vibe and the the piss taking, the the wind ups, the you know all this, and the, I'm going with you and I'm going with that, and you know, it's he said it's all going off, and he said it's lovely. He said and the vibe in the team already is just even now. You know, this was on the Thursday yeah. last week. You know, with a a week to go, he said it's all kicked off and everyone's loving it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleased with our captain's picks. I really am with Donald, Carlson, Keimer, McDowell and Stenson. Yeah. Um, you know, Stricker, he's got massive experience. I mean, look at it, couples. I mean, he's a great storyteller, lovely chilled out bloke. You'll, you'll say a lot of wise words. Then you've got the methodical Jim Furyk. You know, you'll know his stuff. And brilliant Ryder Cupper, Zach Johnson, Davis Love the Third, winning captain, you know, back in 20, what was that, 20... Hazel team. Uh, yeah, Hazel Um, when Chris Wood played as well, who we've had on our podcast yeah, as well. And then yeah. Phil Mickelson, who won a major this year and he's now uh, 
Mickelson's an interesting one in in that team room for me. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not convinced by him as a vice captain. I might be totally wrong. And you know, you mentioned a WhatsApp group there, and again, I might be doing the Americans a disservice here. You just can't see that being the case for the American team, can you? A big WhatsApp group taking the mick out of each other, speculating about. Who I think you'll have some. I mean, I think... you know, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe they do have that, and they've got great banter behind the scenes. But well, I was out. I was out on the golf course. Um, I was out in a four ball at the Open um, at St George's with um, Cantley. Justin Thomas, uh, Xander Schofley and um, Jordan Spieth. Mm-hmm. And um, they were playing as a four ball in the practice range. And the banter between them was absolutely brilliant. You know, I mean, it was really, really good. And if you can add, if you can add to that, you know, Tony Fennell is going to be dancing and loving life as well. You know, I think Dustin Johnson ain't shy of a party or two, you know, <laughs> and I think, you know, you know, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to have a really great time out there. Um Harris English, we hooked up with him, didn't we, when we were out there as well? He's a nice lad. Daniel Berger, I mean, Bryson Brooks. I think Brooke, you know, that's going to be... Bryson and Brooks. Brilliant if they did, because you just don't know. You just don't know what will happen. But um, I, I'm just really intrigued. I mean, I don't know where the parents lie. Harrington's a very acute guy. I just think, you know, he could, he could, he could really upset the apple cart and go with some of... I think he, he, he probably already picked it. You know, deep down, he probably knows who's picking it. He's also going to assess how they're playing on the range and out on the golf course and how they're bonding and everything like that on the, on the golf course. So I think um, Arrington's probably got it all figured out. Knowing him, he's, he's done he his will, own work. He will. But do you know what's interesting for me, looking at the, the European side? I'm not seeing loads of sort of automatic pairings jump out at me like you would have had in the past mm. tried and tested pairings or guys that you just know are going to be grouped together yes there are a one or two there I think Casey and Hatton played together last time chances are they'll go out again you know McElroy hasn't really had a consistent partner through the years he's played a bit with Garcia again Poulter someone yeah. who, you know can almost play with anyone and tends to have that role next to a rookie so will it be a Lowry he goes out with a Hovland or a Wiesberger to sort of get them g'd up and t- but it looks like a team where there are lots of options for Harrington essentially um oh, yeah. I was just I was looking at yeah. sort of, so look I've got some stats in front of me here I'm just having a little look so obviously as you said before loads of rookies in the American team six of them three rookies in the European team is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I mean, Stricker made the point that if you're an American rookie, that's probably not a bad thing because you don't, you know, the experience that the Americans have for the last 10 or 15 years is primarily of losing. So maybe you don't want that experience and it's better to be rookies. But as we know, Ryder Cup first tee, Ryder Cup is a competition unlike anything else. So, you know, a rookie's still a rookie until they're not, essentially. Exactly. I was also just looking at the winning percentages here for players. So... Of the six players in the American team who have played previously, uh, you've got positive winning percentages for Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, who's been excellent. Um, Tony Finau uh, actually did really well in Paris, which some people didn't expect him to. And Jordan Spieth has been good. DeChambeau, yeah. three games, three losses. Um, and Dustin Johnson has a win, has played... 16, 1, 7, lost 9. 
look at the European team. You got one, two, three, four, five, six guys with winning percentages, and they've played like a lot of Ryder Cup matches as well. So it's not like they've just played one Ryder Cup and they've gone two and one or two and a half in that or something. You got Ian Poulter, sixty-eight percent from twenty-two matches. Sergio Garcia, sixty-two percent from forty-one matches. Westwood, fifty-two percent from forty-four matches. Casey, fifty-four percent from twelve. McElroy, fifty-four percent from twenty-four, and then eighty percent from Fleetwood, just from obviously last time in Paris, where he had the four wins alongside Molinari and a loss in the singles. If you're looking at experience. There's a lot more winning experience in a Ryder Cup in that European team. But how much do we read into that? Because a couple of the rookies in the American team are a two-time major champion in Colin Morikawa, a, an Olympic champion in Xander well, Shofway. So, I mean, you know, what do you... Lies, damn lies and statistics, I guess. I th- Oh, mate, I think the proof is what you just said. I mean, look at the percentages of wins from the Europeans. I mean, that says it to me in abundance that... You know, the advantage, I, you know, they say America's, um, you know, odds on favour. Okay, you know, they've, how many times have they won in the last, like, nine Ryder Cups? Three, I think it is. We've won, won six out of the nine, I think, out of the last, you know, nine Ryder Cups. So, I mean, we are, we are way ahead. We are way ahead. And, you know, we've shown that we can figure it out. I mean, Thomas Bjorn's move, uh, um, golf National in uh, Paris was just amazing how they set up the golf course. I mean, this, you know, it's all about setting up the golf course. What kind of, I mean, Europeans are used to tight, fiddly, small green golf courses. They got flair, they can play loads of shots, short games, amazing. You know, Americans are used to a lot wider, a lot bigger, a lot stronger, longer golf courses. Yeah, they're used to being able to get driver out nine times out of ten. Um you know, I think it's going to be the same thing with Whistling Straits. If the if the conditions get up at Whistling Straits, I think it will massively sort sort uh, help out the Europeans over the Americans. I really do. I think it'd be nice if a bit of bad weather came in or a strong wind just to just to upset the apple cart for mm-hmm. the Americans. Um, but I, you know, I I I think I see it being really close. For again, it's always close. It's always close. There's always a fight back that comes around. Um, I don't see anyone walking away with it. You know, I think the last time he's a team, you know, when they, they won the, they were four zip up after the first uh, morning session on the first day, you know, but America, uh, Europe came back to tie it all up, you know, later on and, you know, the second day and, you know, all of a sudden it just swings and roundabouts. I just think, I think with our experience, it ain't our first rodeo. I think we're, we're, we got, we're, we're full steam ahead on that. I don't think we have a have a problem. Um, I think you know America. America I mean, they, luckily for them, they got the crowd on their side. Uh, that will help their rookies without question. Um, you know, I think they got some great players, but we got great players as well. And I, I just think it's a great matchup. Um, well, you yeah, I, I, the, I just it's, it's Europe have actually won seven of the last nine, so we've been dominant. But seven winning away, is, winning away yeah. is difficult. Like it took literally a miracle, miracle at Medina the last time we won. Yeah. America hasn't won on European soil for uh, for but, a fair old. But while. no one's like, no one's ever really run away with it, have they? They've always been pretty close. They've always been pretty close. So 
it's um, it, you know, if someone well, thinks, oh yeah, they're easily going to win. Well, don't. But to don't, be fair, the last don't. three have been. You know, they're, they're always close through the matches because obviously they can turn either way. But the final scores, the last three, 17 and a half, 10 and a half to Europe in Paris, 17, 11 to America in Hazeltine and 16 and a half, 11 and a half to Europe at Glen Eagles. For, you know, the two before that were just one point wins for Europe. And so, yeah, but you've got to remember <laughs> once you're over the line, once you're over the yeah. line, everyone gives up the ghost, really. So it's kind of, you I think, know, it's, uh, you know, even when you get those score lines, it's always tight late into the Sunday, isn't it? Because it's literally you've got matches that are on a hairline and can go one way or the other. And, you know, mm. one or two holes in two or three matches can be the difference between a half a, po- a point winning margin or a four point winning margin, which suddenly looks really comfortable. But an hour before the end, prob- the, the result was probably still in doubt. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. I, mean, I, was, I was looking on, I saw a great thing. Oh, you mentioned the sweep, actually, of the first session at Hazeltine. I saw a brilliant thing uh, online the other day. This is great. So, obviously, unfortunately, Arnold Palmer, the king, died just before Hazeltine. So, uh, the Americans had his 1975 Ryder Cup bag on That's the right. first tee. So, yeah. the America swept the first session uh, in Hazeltine. The previous time America had swept that first session, 1975. And that was the Palmer bag from that year on the first tee. So just a wonderful omen there. I mean, I remember being at the opening ceremony of that one at Hazeltine. And um, yeah, the tribute to to Palmer, it was genuinely really, really emotional. There was a lot of... You know, a lot of emotion in the crowd, a lot of emotion from the players, obviously a hero of the game. And, and that's what the Ryder Cup's about, isn't it? Emotion. You know, I was at, on the first tee at Glen Eagles, the first tee in Paris three years ago was just rocking. It was an incredible, incredible experience being in that grandstand behind the first. And you had all the way down the first hole, you know, 10 deep on either side of the fairway. Then you had the grandstand at the first green and at the second green as well. So you had this, massive sort of cauldron this stadium if you like and before and seeing off you had one end of the the first so around the tee shouting Europe and then all the guys up at the green and on the second tee shouting Europe back and like echoing it back and forth to one another it was spine tingling and you know what we do better songs as well than the Americans I'm just going to put it out there America you've got like two songs USA, 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 and I can't even remember what the other one is. That's it. You need to be more imaginative. But the the European fans, we've always got loads of good songs. At Celtic Manor, there were loads. There's only Maybe. two Molinaris. Absolutely sensational. We get a bit of Olay in there as well. So, so you just need the, you need the, the cricket the You need the Barmy Army in there. Really sort of, mate. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I think America, yeah, you're going to be hostile the fans but if there's any Americans listening to this okay I want some banter I don't just want like booing when a European player is there come up with some fun songs you know have a bit of fun with it if you're gonna like have a bit of a dig do it in an imaginative fun way you can support your team without just going boo or chanting USA USA so that's my challenge to any American listeners and if this goes out uh, if this gets out there. So I want some inventive American songs, even if they're having a little bit of a dig at the Europeans. Because that's we like that, to be fair. Yeah. And, we'll, we, and we'll we like that. In song form. That's true. That's true. I just love the way, you know, the Ryder Cup 
how the two teams actually come together, you know, the camaraderie between the both teams. It's, it is amazing. And, you know, you know, with all that they've been through, you know, there's been, you know, two dates that I've had to change. One was through 9-11. It got played a year later mm-hmm. in 2002 when Sam captained it and we won. And then, you know, obviously this year has been pushed back to 2021 due to COVID and 19. And, you know, I think, you know, everything that's gone on at different times, it, the, the camaraderie's just got stronger and stronger between players. I mean, it is a, it's a worldwide tour out there pretty much. And it's, you know, everyone gets to play and meet one another quite a lot of times. So they, you know, this ain't going to, everyone's played with one another at some stage on the opposite team. And I think it's just going to be brilliant. I really do. I think it could be a lot of respect there, but also the gloves are off. You know, they're, they're going back into their team room and they're having their bit. And I imagine as well, I could only imagine uh, on his crutches, sat him with his feet up. Tiger Woods is probably, probably zoomed in to, um, uh, you know, into the changing room to give his five pence worth without question. I'm sure he's probably even done his, his little momentum talk probably yeah. to give to everyone. Um, you know, I mean, I could imagine that he's probably chucked in his five pence because he's best mates with Steve Stringer. You know, they play yeah. together, you know, they're really good friends. So, Imagine that, uh, okay, Tiger can't be there. That's why he's not a vice-captain. Um, but I guarantee you... He'll be the there in line. digital form, won't he? Oh, There'll be a message. God. There'll be a yeah, voice okay. call coming in. He'll His presence will be in that team room, you would think. I mean... Oh, yeah. Without doubt, mate. Without doubt. And, uh, yeah, I just I just can't wait. I, I was going to ask you, Kit. I'm going to put you on a spot, and this is to the people at home as well. Tell me who you think is going to hit the first shot for Europe and for America, and who's going to win, who's going to hold the winning putt, Europe okay. and American? All right, so first shots. Yeah, Europe. So the, the names that jump out of me is, are leading off, you know, you've got your Rory and Rahm, really, or if Harrington really wants to stick it to the crowd and get it going early, you stick Poulter on the first tee and get him <laughs> riling them up. Um, yeah. My instinct is that just because of their stature in the game at the moment, it will be Rory or Ram to go out, really set the tone. Yeah, you got to pick. You can only pick one, mate. You can only pick one. In that case, I'm going to go Rory because of the experience. Right, I'm going. Ram. I'm going Ram. I'm going Ram. Ram. I think I, either or you know to lead out your team, immense. You, you'd you'd fancy that. Yeah, US. I'm going to go, it will be a Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth pairing. So whoever they decide, if it's foursomes, obviously depending on which way, which they want to play odds or evens, but I could see a, a Justin Thomas opening tee shot from the Americans potentially. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I can see a Colin Morikawa opening yeah. it. I really can. I can see a Morikawa solid as a rock, you know, um, yeah, I knew would you put Colin Morikawa with it as well. I mean, I'd probably put Justin Johnson with him. You know, well, you've got one of the best drivers in the game with one of the best iron players, but they're both streaky putters. Uh, there's not one real strong right. putter in that thing, but it's like I see them as really good kind of four-ball, better-ball uh, kind of play, uh, partnerships. And that's really for the... And, you know, it could be Forsens as well, easily, because, yeah, like yeah. I say, one of the, the best iron players with one of the best drivers. Um, so I've gone Colin... 
Colin Morikara to hit the first tee shot and Ran to hit the first tee shot for Europe. Yeah, could be I've, totally wrong, like you could be. Um, uh, yeah, I've gone Je- Justin and then, Thomas and, uh, and Rory McIlroy. But it's interesting you mentioned some potential pairings there. Obviously, we've got to talk about that a little bit. Um, now, the roster was broken up for media duties on Monday. So right. you take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. There's, It's never entirely accurate how they break that up they're, they're in sort of each one is in sort of three pods of four and we know they tend to work in pods a little bit at the moment whether that's three fours or four threes and they rotate things a bit so that's the way yeah. the captains tend to see it so I reckon two-thirds of this is kind of indicative of what we'll see and there's a little bit of a third of wiggle room and, and chucking in a, a couple of curveball pairings or just seeing how it goes I mean the McElroy and um, Peter's pairing that was so good um, back in uh, and Hazel team, uh, even though we lost, was purely just circumstance, and they'd not even practiced together and got chucked together. So you never know. But so the US were broken up thus: Spieth, Thomas, Deschambeau, and Scheffler. So you've mm. got to go Spieth and Thomas. Really natural pairing. They've played together a lot, been very successful. That means I'd go with that. I'd go with that. So that means Scheffler might be the man with Deshambo. That feels like a four-ball pairing to me, and it feels like a very powerful four-ball pairing. Uh, yeah, there, there'll be some bombs hitting that group. And then you've got... Yeah, Shum- see, I, I, I would take out Bryson and put in Brooks on that one. But there you go. go okay, on. okay, no, that's good. That's good. Okay. We've got Schofle, Cantlay, Dustin Johnson and Morikawa in another little four. So you mentioned DJ is a good pairing for Morikawa. Yeah, I see, I see Cantley. I see Cantley exactly like Schofler, you know, like um, Xander Schofler. I just, I see him two very identical type of players. And I just think, no, I can't do that. I wouldn't put them together. I just wouldn't. wouldn't. Them, so not even in foursomes, bearing in mind, they, they don't really have weaknesses too much. Yeah. Oh, and they'll it, be playing similar but, shots from similar, seeing it how they like to see it, bearing in mind that they are quite similar. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, you could do that. I mean, when you when you look at the best ever pairings, pretty much you'll look at Sevi and Ollie, and look at both of them. They're virtually exactly the same kind of players <laughs> in the sense of they were just so flamboyant, um, great flair players. You know, a bit wild at times, could get up and down out of a garbage can. Both of them. So yeah, it can work that way. Sometimes um, it's just about chemistry, isn't it? That's all it is. It is chemistry. It is chemistry. I mean, I. I yeah, go on. Who are you going to go with Tony Finau? Because I liked him. Well, go yeah, Finau. So I was going to say... Finau. Tony Finau. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Finau. I love the guy. He's great. You could go yeah. Morikawa with Cantlay in that little group. And then you've got, obviously, Deadeye with the Irons. And Cantlay, who, when he gets it hot on the greens, as we've seen in recent weeks, winning the FedEx, yeah. he gets really hot. So, yeah, that final four leaves. Finau, Berger, English and Kepka. So, you know... I'm looking- <laughs> Yeah, you've got female power, English solid. You know, you, you it, it almost feels like they're a little bit the four that were left over from wanting to get some other groups in. But I think that they'd all sort of do well together. All right, on to Europe. So the yeah. first little pod when it came to media duties, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. Now, we've seen Garcia and McIlroy play together in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, Hovland, you know, there's a potential power pair in there, like Hovland and Rory, great for the headlines. Hovland with the experience of a Westwood or a Garcia with him as well. 
bearing in mind he's a rookie, makes sense to me as well. What do you reckon? I mean, I've had this in my head for a while. I think Victor Hovland and Ian Poulter would be really good. And only for the reason being, I just think the experience of Poulter and that just, I think Victor Hovland would learn so much being with, even Sergio, like you said, you know, they're going out. But I, I just see, I see Poulter as a, Main catalyst. I mean, he's going to look at this young book, bombing it miles in dead straight rippers. And, you know, you're going to have someone who's able to dig deep, get so much out of his game, looking, look at, you know, for someone who's a complete rookie like Victor Hovland, I have like Ian Paul, far from a rookie and is, you know, one of the biggest legends of the Ryder Cup ever. You know, you think to yourself, that would, that would be perfect for me because I think, honestly, Poulter would not let. Victor get down at any time, even though he probably won't anyway. He's going to steal up beat, but he would yeah. drag him out of whatever. And he, he plays a lot in America, Polter with Hovland. So I think there's a, a good connection there as well. Um, but I would put them together if I was. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Polter is within this Lowry, Fleetwood, and Wiesberger. So again, that's, you know, three, yeah. two rookies there and one guy in Fleetwood who's only played one. So that tells you Polter's going out there with. Potentially, if that ends up with the arm around the shoulder of a couple, you know, welcoming in Lowry or, or Bern Wiesberger, um, you know, Fleetwood, obviously not inexperienced, but just the one Ryder Cup. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. And then that leaves Casey, Fitzpatrick, Hatton and Rahm, which interestingly, if we go on past of Casey and Hatton playing together last time out in Paris... That leaves a Fitzpatrick and Rahm pairing, potentially, which, I mean, you know, probably... Are we, we going to say John Rahm's the best tee to green player on the planet? One of the best three? Well, you've got to. Yeah, no, the best, you know, I, I mean, think he's number yeah, one okay. for a reason. And then <laughs> I can't think of too many better putters overall than Matt Fitzpatrick. So yeah, Fitzy, I've been able to have the luxury of following Fitzy quite a bit recently and... He's some player. His ball flight is brilliant, but I wouldn't put two good, solid, well, putters because Ram I see is a really solid putter as well. When he's on, yeah. I mean, you, you know, numbers he shoots anyway. You got all old putts, but yeah. I wouldn't two, put, put two great putters together. I just wouldn't. I put I put another good putter with one that's kind of mm. a little bit more, um, say, streaky. You know, you well, would say then, then fits with Hatton and Casey could be good because they tend to be a bit streaky, and then that frees the other one up. To I mean, well, Hatton's a, Hatton's a, a Ram Hatton. Guy. That would be volcanic. Oh, Ram Hatton! I mean, that would be unbelievable. That would I'd love to see them two go up against Bryson and Brooks. I can tell you that. Oh, <laughs> that would... Please, can we make that? I know that you're not meant to. You, you know, it's all done blind and stuff. But come on, Steve Podrick. Oh, yeah. I think Ram would just get both their heads and just go crack, yeah. like get on with it. Um, but um, but yeah, I think um, that would be brilliant. I mean, I'm just looking at great putters and stuff like that, and you know, people that are streaky, and I think people that have come out that all all wake up. I mean, Sergio, you can't the best best record in Ryder Cup history. You know that man there always finds something, um, and you know he's had a great end to the season as well. Very solid end to the season over in America at the FedEx. And, you know, you just think, you know, he's coming into this and you can put, you can put Sergio with pretty much anyone. Now they're all talking about Sergio, John Ram, the Spanish Armada going at it. 
and you know trying to rival like the Basteros and stuff like that. And this could be, you know, this is probably you know Polter, Sergio, Westwood, Casey. Uh, you know, this is near enough near coming to their final Ryder Cups they might be ever playing in. You know, what I mean, it's it, the, 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 it's getting harder to get in. The youngsters are coming on yeah. strong. I mean, the you know, as much as Sergio's been around a long time, he, he's still probably youngest out of them. And he's, you know, you know, you maybe think I've got one or two more after this left in them age wise, but that relies on getting in the team. I mean, Polter missed it's, out a couple oh, in Hazel team. You know, you got one of the best drivers. You got one of the best drivers in Sergio. I mean, he absolutely rips it. He's yeah. a streaky player, but he, he was all in putts of fun over there at, at East Lake and everything else. So I, you know, Shane Lowry, I can't miss out Shane because Shane is just one of the best shot shapers. And you know, this is where if the conditions get bad, Shane's your man. He would play all five for me. Like he would play all five if the conditions got really bad. He'd be in for all five because. He's a great shot shaper. He's a bit like a Fitzpatrick, um, good putter as well. Um, yeah, bow on the bag for Shane. I just think he, he's ideal for it. I'm glad he got the pick. I'm not surprised he got the pick, like we said, because yeah. you know, being Irish, but also he got he's in on well merit, really. He, he got, he got, he, oh, mate, he got in on merit. He got yeah. on merit without question. Without 100%. Question. Um, all right, let's get into, you know, let's sort of start wrapping it up uh, with a few predictions. It's time to put your neck on the line. And well, let's go top point scorer for each team. Do you want me to go first, John? Yeah, no, it don't matter. No, Sorry, no. no, I can see. Well, now you, you, all right, you, you look like you needed a bit of time to think. There, you looked a bit. Exactly. Are you ready? You, you got names? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, American top point scorer, John. <sighs> well, I am. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Tony Fino. Wow. I know that's going to surprise a few, um, but I think he's proved a lot to himself over the last like three weeks. Personally, mm-hmm. I think he's a real big team player. I mm-hmm. really do. I think he's got that vibe. Um, I think he's going to bring a lot out in the dressing room. I think we're going to see the best of Tony Finau in this week. I really do. I think he's a. I love the. I think he's a cracking lad. I, mm-hmm. I had the luxury of playing with him when he was a kid. Over in America, when I have my tour card, him and his brother, and they've never let me down over the years. I've been watching them now in the sense of they, they've carried themselves great. I like his persona. I love his game. Um, he's a guy who just seems to just miss out. I mean, look at his record for crying out loud. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the guy's done everything. I mean, what's he won twice? And that's it. I mean, yeah. crikey, he's been top five, God knows how many times. But that's just individually. But I think as a match player, I think this is where he excels. I really do. Right. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, Tony Fina. Maybe a little bit more heart in that than there is anything else. But anyway, I'm going for it. It's my pick. Um, okay. Now now I'm going to go for, for Europe. And even though I think he's going to have the harder matches and everything like that, Mm-hmm. Um, or possibly not, who knows? But I gotta go John Ram. So I'm going Tony Fennell and John Ram as the leading point scorers for both. I like it. I like it. Um for America, I'm gonna go Justin Thomas. So not just for obviously his individual abilities, but I'm pretty confident we'll see him playing alongside Spieth and probably playing at least three of the four sessions on Friday yeah. and Saturday. And I think they're a great pairing. 
and then Justin Thomas is who I would fancy more in the singles. Jordan Spieth has never won a singles match in the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. I think yeah, he's played six amazing. Ryder Cups and President's Cup and never won a singles, which is remarkable, Spieth. So great pairing yeah, yeah. with Thomas, but then when you take it into the singles, I'd go Thomas as well. And you said all the stuff about Finau and like, you know, loving the team environment. Thomas, you feel, is one of the Americans who really embraces the Ryder Cup. So, oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm Justin with you. Thomas. Um, and on the you European my next side, pick. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was also th- my second pick for that would have been Xander Schauffele as well. But okay, cool. Justin Thomas is my main man. Uh, and on the European side of things, I'm not going to go raw, although obviously he's the linchpin of the team, world number one, and I think will win more than he loses. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. Okay, cool. I right. think he's going to get Let's some go good there. pairings. I like him if he gets a, a Rory or a Garcia pairing. You know, I like that. Mm. And I just think, you know, he was US amateur champion, so he knows how to play match play. He's got good match play memories. Right. He'll have beaten a lot of these American players in match play events, in college events growing up. And I just think he'll he'll embrace this. He's so chilled out, so relaxed, loves it. Yeah, I'm yeah, going I'm with, I'm with you, Kit. I'm with you. And uh, who's winning then, bud? Wow. America or I, Europe? Okay. My head says America by two points. That's, that's America my by two. Yeah. I see it being really tight. I, I, I see us retaining it. So you're thinking like maybe even a tie. You're saying it'll be tied. No, I, I, th- I think a tie. I honestly think a tie. think a tie. I really do. I think um, I, I, it's come very close to that a few times and I just got a feeling it's going to be so tight we could end up just retaining it. I mean, it's, a, it's not really the way I would like it. I don't think no. a draw is ever a good thing in the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, and I this retaining it kind of, stuff is like okay yeah we get to take the trophy back no one's won it at all but i think there should always be a winner every Ryder cup no matter what um didn't he a couple of weeks ago that you know the ties are tied oh, yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. retain yeah. it you want to win it yeah yeah you want to win it i think all the players would want to win it and i think um yeah when it comes down to it i think there shouldn't ever be it's like you know, it's like when you, you watch a boxing fight, you always want a winner at the end of it on points. There's got to be a winner if it's a draw. It's like, oh, my goodness, I stayed up for that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, after watching, on you know, 90 minutes of football, you don't want a draw. You want someone to win it. Um, no different in rugby or anything. You Unless just want it's a winner the European at the end Championship of the whole finals thing. and it goes to penalties, then we would have taken Yeah, the well, we watch majors oh. for fun and we love the majors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we watch the majors, but you know, there's always a winner at the end of it. And yeah, there's got to be, you know, with the, be. with the Ryder Cup, you know, after three days and the whole build up over two two years, you know, for the next one, there should be a winner at the end of it. All right, right a little bit of fun at the end, say there's a tie. How should yeah. we separate the teams? What's the challenge? What's the format? Golf, non-golf? How are we separating the teams? I, yeah, I reckon um, boxing fight on the 18th boxing. between their artist man and our artist man. Uh, but no, I'm only joking. No, I would. I would well, know I how mean, to do so... it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to do it. Um, the, the the one thing is, the one thing is, I don't think it should ever. Be brought down to one person to fight for it um, for the whole team. Too much, too much 
on the line. That, yeah, if there was um, a tiebreaker, yeah. One, if there one was, one. because the loser, I just think, you know, you'd go and hide away for, for ages. Yeah. I think it'd be yeah. too much for one person. It wouldn't be fair. That's yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, doesn't matter how strong you are, you know, we know how strong Tiger Woods is. And, you know, if, the, if it came down to him and he ended up losing it, it would be hard for even the mighty man himself to handle that. Um you know, for his team. So there'd have to be a team aspect again. Maybe it goes to another day. Um, holes extra on the Monday, if it was all tied up, maybe they have to do it again on the Monday. It goes to another day. Who knows? I mean, literally, um, because, you know, it'd be hard to have a draw again after a load of singles again. So I'd, I'd assume it'd be a re rejig and do it again. I mean, it'd be yeah. interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, as a match play enthusiast, I'm, I, I'd be well up for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An extra day I ride a cup. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, yeah, either exactly. that then, or as you've suggested, John Rahm and Brooks Kepka get the boxing gloves on and just go toe-to-toe Sunday evening. Yeah, so I know. But yeah, yeah. That would be a <laughs> bit of fun. But I think, yeah, they have to be seriously padded up. Um, but yeah, the uh, no, I would. I think it'd just be yeah. It's a, it's a hard one to to uh, figure out what you would do. But I just don't think the draw or anything like that should be done. I mean, mm. put it this way: if it did came down to one person being picked out of the hat, and it was a lucky dip, like hat pick out yeah. to go up against someone, it was done that way. I mean, literally, everyone's in the hat, so you you think, okay, fair enough, that's the way it comes out. Um, Wow. My goodness, could you imagine the pressure? Oh. oh my god, could you imagine it? It would, I mean, it'd be, it would be insane. But this is what these guys live for, you know. If you if I pulled Polter out the hat, oh, or, be, you know, or Ram, I mean, he, you know, any of them, I could pick any of them. If I picked them out, yeah, they'd be chumming a bit. Yes, I'm up for this, but you know, it's tough. You know, I could pick out probably Justin Thomas, Spieth, and Brooks Kepka, and they would be well up for it you know what I mean if it did go down to that and then there's a loser and there's always got to be a loser they're going to be a great player because they're in the Ryder Cup that is that's too much to bear isn't it so I think I think that'd be too much pressure I really do I think that would uh, you know especially when you've got the whole of your continent for you and if you let down then it's uh, yeah it's not too good is it I love the idea of a whole new load of singles the next day on the Monday because that's more Ryder Cup golf and we all want that (laughs) And we all want that. Of course we do. But John, you've gone for a tie. It's not happened since 1989, so you've gone for a tie. My head has said America by two points, but my heart and everything, I'll be cheering on Europe to the hilltops. Um, Well, that's all we've got time for. It's been a great chat. Uh, We're back. The filthy lip out is back. John, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you again. It's felt like a long time since we've done this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well just thanks to our uh, kit thanks to our uh, our fans man because uh, you know we've had a great outcry on uh, social media about people just really enjoying our our you know the filthy lip out podcast and it's down to you guys really why we've made a bit of a comeback because you kept us in it you made it that you you know you enjoyed it so I'm hoping you enjoy what comes around Next time, you know, we're going to get some players on, caddies, you name it, we're going to do it. Maybe some celebrities along the way that love the game so much that they can't put the clubs down even though they're acting or they're doing some other kind of sport. Um, you know, so down the line, we'll have some good people on here, I'm sure, Kit. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody, because, you know, the filthy lip-out's here to stay, dudes.
Can't wait. So that was it for this week. Filthy Lip Out, the Ryder Cup preview. We mentioned it earlier as well. We've had Thomas Bjorn on. We've had Sam Torrance on. We've had Chris Wood talking about his Ryder Cup experiences as well. Plenty of other links in past episodes. There are 50 previous episodes. This is the first time listening. Check them out. Get hyped up for the Ryder Cup as if we need any more hype. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week when hopefully we will have someone who's been over in Whistling Straits to chat to us all about the Ryder Cup and how it unfolded. Enjoy it, savour it, watch every minute, and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Go Europe!